Welcome to Loving the Christ Life. I'm Brad Wilson. We hope you've had a great week, and we're excited to be here with you today to bring you another podcast of Loving the Christ Life, highlighting great teachings from Warren Litzman. We're into the Gospel of Deliverance teachings by Warren. It's been very powerful, and we're excited to be offering you another installment of that today. Here's Warren. Since that time, there have been hundreds of different ways people have had a revelation. Some have had it sitting in a meeting like this. Some have been driving their automobile. And just suddenly, the Holy Spirit revealed to them that Christ was in them. What is that revelation? It's a breaking through your subconscious to your consciousness of who you are. Christ is in you, and that's who you are. And now for the first time, you've got a pipeline to that. To the mind, to that Christ. No wonder Paul said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Because when the Holy Spirit reveals to you that Christ is in you, then you've got a direct pipeline. It's not you wondering anymore, do I pray enough? Do I have enough power? Do I have enough faith? Am I this or that? All of a sudden you've got a pipeline right through to that Christ that has been in your spirit ever since you were saved. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. You've had the one spirit there, but it couldn't work because it didn't have a mind. And the revelation of Jesus Christ is what brings the mind. What happened to Paul, he had been preaching three years when God led him to the Arabian desert. And there he revealed his son in him. That's what you need. You've got the son in you. But if you don't know it, it don't matter. God's done a great thing to you, not based on you. Don't sit there and say, well, I I may not have really been saved. If you were not really saved and you don't think you were, get saved. But you say, well, I've never really treated it right. I've never been a good Christian. I've never done this or that. I'm not a good church member. Well, let me tell you, that doesn't matter. Because your relationship with God isn't based on anything you do. It's based on the finished work of that cross. He wouldn't dare put His life, the very God life in you. You see, when He put that seed in you, you not only had the Son in you, but Peter would say, you are a partaker of divine nature. Let's think about that for a moment. What's your trouble? Your sin nature is gone, but your mind is still a sin nature mind. See, when Christ saved us, He saved us from all our sin. We were totally saved from sin. But the problem is, you were not saved from a sin nature mind or a sinning mind or a failure mind, or an abused mind, or a drinking mind, or a drug mind. You were not saved from that. You had a new life in you. Why didn't God save you in your mind? Because that's where the love affair is. That's where the love affair is. 
He's going to let you learn. Come to knowledge. Come to understanding. Suffer the loss of all things that make you who you are. He's going to let you do that because you love Him. He could have done that too, but you'd have been a robot then. He'd have made a robot out of you. Jesus didn't die on the cross to make robots. He died on the cross in that horrible death so that He could show you how much He loves you. How God could so love the world He gave His most priceless possession. It's a love affair. This whole thing is a love affair. Don't get mixed up with me that I'm giving you a bunch of doctrine or theology or whatever. I'm talking to you about a love affair. My hope in talking to you is that I can get you from loving you to loving Him. Because Him is the real you. And I'm tired of people loving the actor. You can love movie stars, but when you see them in real, you may not want them at all. (laughs) Get it fixed whether you're acting or whether you're real. You've got the God nature in you. It's there, but it needs a mind. This life in you operates by love. Jesus didn't come to live in you because He got money for it. It's because He loved you. God didn't give His Son because that made Him feel better about all these creations He made that fouled up one way or another. No, sir. He did it because He loved that Son who gave His life. It's it's an issue of love. When Jesus said, Lovest thou me? To his disciples, that was the deepest thing he ever said. Guys, do you love me? And I'm going to tell you how we make bad choices. We love ourselves in a crucial act more than we love Jesus. And that's a bum choice because we don't work out right. Well, there's another word there. Got your Bible? You sticking with me in the Word? Don't think I'm not uh, giving you the Scriptures of all this because that's exactly what we're doing is going into the Scriptures as best as we possibly can. Verse 4, whereby when you read, see, he said you got to read. Don't go by life experiences. Read something. Where do you read? You read the Scriptures. He said that I mentioned to you four times. Read the Scriptures that have to do with how you come to this life. Read that first chapter of Galatians over again and again until it gets fixed in you. I'm giving you a lot of stuff to read, I know. Do it. You're going to die if you don't. You understand me? You're going to die if you don't get something in your mind that saves your life. And your life is in the Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. Verse 4, Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed. 
to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That's it. That's the revelation. It's been revealed. You can sit in a Christian church for 50 years and never hear a sermon on the revelation of Jesus Christ in the believer's life. Paul said it's been revealed. Been given to the people of this day, people around him, the holy apostles and others. They they heard what Paul had to say. Jesus gave it to Paul. Paul is the one that gave it to them. They heard it. Big word in that verse is the word mystery. So I'm not sitting here talking to you about something that's as simple as mixing dough and baking biscuits or putting in spark plugs and making a car run. That's not it at all. I'm talking to you about a mystery. A great mystery. One night, Jesus of Nazareth got a call from the biggest Judaistic monkey monk around, and that was Nicodemus. So he met him out that night. Nicodemus said, I perceive that you are a prophet sent from God. Jesus wasn't interested in that. But he may never get another chance to talk to the head of Israel religious group. So he looked Nicodemus right in the eye, and he said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Well, here he was one who knew all the Old Testament scrolls and books and writers. He was the big man. But Jesus looked him straight in the eye and said, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. I'm often running into people who don't believe they need to be born again. That's a foolish decision to come up with. Who in the world want to continue to live in their same old life? If you like it, then don't come asking people for help. You like it, lump it. You like it, live with it. Put up with it. If you don't like it, do something about it. It's a life problem. When he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again, Nicodemus was a bright mind. And he said, well, does that mean I go back into my mother's womb and come out a second time? Oh, he was reaching far into science fiction, wasn't he? He was way out there. I don't even think the modern shows have come to that today. They will. You know what Jesus said to him? He asked him a question. Do I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? He asked him a question. I like Jesus of Nazareth. He had a good mortal tongue as well as a spiritual tongue. I went through the Bible one time and cut out all of the sarcastic remarks Jesus made, and it was nice. Made me feel better about myself. <laughs> in, in John eight, they got to arguing. He got to arguing with the Jews over who their father was, 
And they said, Our father is Abraham. Jesus said, No, the devil is your father. <laughs> well, that fixed them for the time, you know. He said to the rich man, tore down his barns. He said, Now, now who's going to own all those things you've been giving your life for? He had several statements like that. So he says to Nicodemus a very strange thing. He says, Nicodemus, you feel the wind blowing? Yep. Yep, I can feel the wind blowing. You know where it's coming from? Nope. Well, you know where it's going? Nope. That's what it means to be born again. You know what? He didn't answer him. Why didn't Jesus answer him? Two reasons. First, it wasn't time. The kingdom was still being offered. They were still preaching the kingdom of God on earth. Israel was the one that it belonged to. And so Jesus was trying to get a rise out of the head of the Judaistic section of Israel. That's all he wanted was to get the message across to him. But you know what? I don't know that Nicodemus ever got it. Because it is a mystery. When the revelation was given to the Apostle Paul that Christ lived in him, it clicked. His knowledge clicked. And he's the only one in the Scriptures that saw this. You see, he was a smart man. He, he laid all that aside in Philippians 3. But he's the highest educated man in the Scriptures. He had the equivalency of two doctorate degrees in our day. He had more formal education than anybody in the Scriptures. That isn't why God chose him. But God chose him because he had a mind. They could understand. And when Jesus talked to Paul about this message, and when Paul had his revelation of Christ as his life, something clicked in him so that Paul never used the term born again. But he went deeper. He said, this is a great mystery. What did he do by that? He attached it to the Holy Spirit who is the only one who could explain this profound mystery. These things shall be revealed to you, Paul said, by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It's a revelation. But it's a mystery. I try to make it as plain as I can when I talk to people. I go way out on a limb sometimes trying to get this across to people's minds what it is. But ultimately and finally, in the end, Paul says it's a mystery. You're not going to pick it up as a church member. You're not going to pick it up as a seminary student. You're not going to pick it up as a great theologian. You're not going to pick it up as a great preacher that's won thousands of souls. You're not going to get it that way. 
You're not going to put together your greatest group of translators of the Scriptures and get it. You're not going to have a committee in religion and get it. It's not going to come to a denomination. It's not going to come to a group of churches. It was given to only one man, the Apostle Paul, and he turns around and gives it to you. It is a mystery. What is the mystery? That God has the power and the right to exchange your nature from sin nature to God nature and from old man, your old life, your old way of doing things to a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's the mystery. God doesn't ask anybody. He doesn't explain it to anybody any more than we have in a few verses. But Paul never had a message. He never had a a Scripture that was in a context of Scriptures that wasn't embellished with the in Christ statement. In Him. In Christ. In whom? Because that's what Christianity is. It's a group of people in whom another person lives. Now you go take that to our politicians in Washington who are already arguing over us carrying signs on our backs about get saved or the end is coming. This would blow their mind if they knew we believed in a mystery. But the fifth verse goes on to say that this great mystery which was not known till that moment that it was revealed to Paul. It wasn't known. Wasn't anybody that knew it. I read book after book where preachers say, well, that's just getting saved. Okay, I'll take that. We're just getting saved. But how? Well, you're taking on our communion. You're, you signed our pledge card. You're going to pay tithes here. You're saved. No, sir. That's not salvation. Salvation is that other person, Christ, in you as your hope of glory. That's what salvation is. You're not saved by doing, you're saved by being. You can't do one thing that pleases God. That's religion. It's wrong. You're saved by being somebody. You've been birthed to be somebody. God created you in His image and likeness. He made every one of you different. He put different ideas and a different mind in you. And He said, I want this one day to express Christ in your own way that you're created. Express Christ. That's what a Christian is. It's people who were created by God different from anybody else in existence expressing Christ. That's what a Christian is. Christian's not a stereotype group of people. You couldn't stereotype this room. There's too many people from different places, look too different, do their hair different, dress differently, talk differently. God says, I made them all different. Now I want Christ to come out of them in that different way I made them to be. That's what a Christian is. That's what I'm here talking about. I've just about talked your limit. 
I think the Heavenly Father will hold you and I both accountable for this hour and a half we spent here. Most of you haven't wiggled much. Not a one of you went to sleep. Nobody left. I'm honored. But not me. It's Christ my life who is honored. It's the Holy Spirit who was honored. Now he's going to take the things that have been said that's gone into your mind and he's going to work on them. Let him work on them. He's the one that does that. You see, Jesus never forces himself. He'll stay there in you. If you don't want him, he'll stay there. Because God made him a gift to you by virtue of the cross. But the Holy Spirit will work on you day and night. He'll wake you up in the middle of the night. He'll bring every illustration to you. He'll do everything he can to awaken you to this great mystery. Let it be. Another powerful lesson today in the Gospel of Deliverance from Warren Litzman. We hope you're enjoying these series of podcasts that we're bringing you. Go and read all about us at our website, if you will. It's Christ-Life.org. Christ-Life.org. We have a wonderful website up there. You can read all about us, read all about the Christ Life. And again, let me encourage you to go to the bookstore and look at the materials that Warren left behind. Wonderful, wonderful treasures of teachings just like you've heard today. You can have them in your own home. Christ-Life.org. We'd like to thank Robbie Litzman as always, for allowing us to go into the archives each week to bring you these wonderful teachings. Valerie Hill does our Twitter account. Tammy Laycock, she does the weekly podcast notes. And Teresa Ferraro from the Christ Life Fellowship, she produces this podcast each and every week and works really hard to do it. Until next time, I'm Brad Wilson, loving the Christ Life.